Welcome to this edition of the Wings Museum podcast. And once again, we have travelled away from the museum a little way, this time to Jacob's Well in the north of Guildford in Surrey. Now, anyone who's visited the museum, and indeed those of you who have just seen pictures of it, can't have failed to notice that at the centre of the display is a Dakota, or C-47 fuselage, which has proved popular with both visitors of all ages and uh, film companies alike. However, fewer may have noticed that it is marked up as a tribute to Lily Bell II, a C-47 which flew with the US Army Air Force 89th Troop Carrier Squadron, which was part of the 438th Troop Carrier Group, based at Greenham Common. Good morning, I'm David Rose. I'm a a local historian and writer. Uh, I'm a Guildford person through and through, and I'm very interested in the Second World War, especially on the home front and things that happened in this area. Well, thank you for meeting me here today, David, and it is quite an important day, because today is Friday the 25th of October 2019, so it is exactly 75 years since the real Lily Bell 2 crashed in a field just a couple of hundred feet away from where we're standing. What, what do we know about what happened that day? Well, it's a story that uh, has become, I don't know, it's been a journey part of my life, really, how it's uh, come about. Because back in um, 1999, I uh, co-wrote a book called Guild for the War Years, 1939-45, with my then editor, Graham Collier, at the Surrey Advertiser. I was the chief sub-editor there. And the book took a look at what was happening in Guildford at that time. And what we did was we used back copies of the newspaper for the stories that were written then. We also asked their readers of memories and stories. My parents were alive then. They were in Guildford during the wartime and they were fantastic of remembering stories. And I've been pumping them actually for ideas throughout my life really since I was a small boy growing up. And we did a chapter on aircraft crashes and we came across a very tiny report that was only only in one of our local newspapers, there was two at the time, this was in the Surrey Times, a tiny little report that just said that this this Dakota aircraft had crashed at Jacob's Well and uh, four bodies were recovered. Nothing else in it. As we were preparing the book, again I spoke to my parents and said, do you remember this air crash? Um, they had no recollection on it. My mother said that by that time of the war, 1944, because obviously the war was coming to an end, here at home we were just interested in what was happening across the channel you know we wanted to know how that was progression and she said we'd had all the bombing raids and the other things around here and the canadian troops that were stationed in guildford and she said we'd sort of got lost interest in local things presumably it wouldn't have been the only bit of news that should have been mentioned it wasn't a conspiracy or anything no nothing like that at all no no and i think it was just tired newspaper reporters as well and it just got forgotten The book was published in 1999 and a few years later I had a phone call out of the blue from a a chap called Frank Phillipson who's become a good friend of mine and he is a military historian, local historian and he said I'd like to look a bit more into this aircraft crash, would you um, mind? And I said absolutely, I said "It's, it's one of the things that I'd like to know more about and I think Frank with his better knowledge than I have on military activities had a hunch that this might have been an American aircraft anyway he um, cut a long story short he managed to get the official crash report from the states and of course that gave us a lot of detail suddenly we knew who the the four airmen were who died and gave us a lot of indications of what happened and it just seems that it was a unfortunate accident on on the morning at about 11 o'clock 75 years ago this plane was flying from um, Greenham Common in Berkshire, flying over to northern France, one of many aircraft that would have been going to and fro, taking supplies and equipment 
over to France and possibly bringing back uh, sometimes injured troops as well, you know. And it was carrying signal equipment. That's what was in the, uh, the fuselage of the aircraft. And as the report said, that it was correctly loaded and balanced. But what we think happened was that it was flying in formation with a couple of other similar aircraft. And as it was coming over this part of Guildford, well, of course, to the south, you've got the, the, the North Downs rising up. And it's possible that, that the pilot would have realised that. Uh, I guess his navigator would have said, a hill coming up. So he was taking an action to try and get some height. It was a very cloudy day, so it was not unlike today, actually. Very similar. And at this point, he obviously decided to get some height, saw a gap in the clouds, went up in it, climbed a bit too steeply, and it would appear that the load in the aircraft shifted to the tail, and that just basically brought it down and uh, crashed in this field just over here. When my friend Frank was initially doing this research and we were starting getting a bit of interest in it, we weren't quite sure where in Jacob's Well. Presumably the area has changed somewhat in the last 70 years. Because on the side where we are standing, the estate of Jacob's Well, the village, was built post-war. And then we got this idea of saying, would it be interesting to try and find out exactly where the aircraft crashed? And um, we had this sort of thought, well, it could be in somebody's back garden or under their kitchen floor or Make something it more like interesting, that. Whatever. It? <laughs> but uh, another, using the newspaper again, asking people for any memories and uh, anyone who witnessed the wreckage of the aircraft or the clearing up operation, um, we, uh, we were lucky to get somebody who remembers as a boy standing looking into the field on this side. And uh, so that was our sort of thought, well, we've got to have a little look in the field. And um, subsequently, we managed to get an archaeological permission for an archaeological dig out here, which we did in uh, 2008. And this was in conjunction with Surrey Archaeology and also a local metal detecting group as well. And we spent, uh, it, was a, it was a very cold, wet day that we, uh, we really searched the field backwards and forwards. And indeed, we started finding bits of the aircraft and significant bits or just unidentifiable uh, yeah, to anyone exactly. else kind of bits. yeah i think we, we we knew again from the crash report and from the witnesses who'd, who'd seen the wreckage that most of the aircraft of course was taken away but embedded in the ground we thought we'd find some small bits and pieces of it on board we had a guy called simon parry who's another bit of an expert on um, second world war aircraft and crashes throughout surrey and he was the man who could identify bits uh, because if you metal detect probably any field you will come up with junk that's fallen off of plows and harrows which is part of why they do it (laughs) exactly that's right and uh, Simon was able to identify particularly um, uh, um, amounts of aluminium as well um, burnt aluminium and that so that was that was quite interesting to find those as well as a few little bits and pieces which uh, we later uh, positively identified as being either from the aircraft or part of the actual cargo that was in there Things then moved on a little bit because that was well. That was initially all we really wanted to do was to find out where the aircraft crashed. We had the names of the, the four crew members and the reason why. But the next bit was really we. The idea was that perhaps it'd be nice to have a memorial plaque here. I've seen quite a number around the UK now um, recording events from the Second World War. So again, using the newspaper. We uh, appealed to see if anybody would be interested in, in, in helping to fund this because these things do cost a few thousand pounds. And we were very lucky that Warperston Parish Council came on board very quickly. So Jacob's Well is, is a part of the, the parish of Warperston here in Guildford. 
and they were happy to pledge some money. And then through other kind donations, BAE systems, uh, local businesses and so on, we, we actually quite quickly raised money for the plaque. Then, of course, we were told that um, to cite a plaque you need to get permission and because this area of grass here by the side of the road it's it's Surrey County Council land so it was a case of applying for them there was a little bit of um, discussion over to exactly where it was but but luckily enough we we were given permission and then in 2010 on um, October the 17th uh, we had this lovely um, unveiling of of the plaque my friend Frank really being the instigator had actually managed to get in contact with members of of the family the four crewmen amazing dedicated sort of research across the atlantic and managed to actually contact members of all of the four crewmen which some lovely pictures came to light of as well the family of the co-pilot the son of the co-pilot the co-pilot was john wright and his son also john wright came over with his family for the unveiling and that was a very special morning here we had about 40 people villagers from jake as well other people who'd helped in the project um, which was great john wright unveiled the memorial Uh, we had it covered with an american flag and another little thing that again just came everything fell into place i think is the the best thing to say we were very lucky that we managed to get a fly past and it just happened to be one of these aircraft to preserve one and it it, it came over here uh came over from actually wiltshire privately owned also, again, in the, in the actual same markings of what Lily Bell 2 would have been. But, of course, the question really poses is, why is this called Lily Bell 2? And that is something that we, of course, did not know at the start. We had no idea about that until we started getting information from the pilot, Mercer Avon's some members of his family. And, of course, we then learned that his wife was called Lillian Bell, hence Lily Bell 2, which was, his, of course, his second aircraft. He had a Lily Bell 1 <laughs> as well, but that's another story. It's nice that they were able to personalise their aircraft in that way, isn't it? Well, that's right, and what's happened to us is it's become a, it's become a, a, a being, you know, throughout the research. It's not just a one of... And there were hundreds of these aircrafts around, I believe, wasn't there? Um, it, it has become that. And also, there's a lovely photograph of it on, on Greenham Common, pictured there, um, which I think has given it more prominence that's been published in books and other places as well and it seems this story keeps evolving you know and uh, we've also then had uh, a second visit this time again from other members of the, of the pilot's family um, Edward and Sue Standage who live in North Carolina I think it is came over here again a few years ago and they contacted the parish council saying, we're coming over to your country on vacation and uh, we'd like to visit Lily Bell 2 Memorial. So we put on a little event for them with the mayor of Guildford came here as well and then we, we invited them and they went, we went for tea in the Guildhall. And, uh, and uh, of course, they, it was a lovely afternoon for them. This has become a war memorial which Wolperston Parish Council recognise and they now look after it, um, make sure the grass is cut around it and every year since it was unveiled in 2012, except last year actually, there's been a, a small service here on the 11th of November with a two-minute silence. And we've been getting sort of 30, 40, again, 
people here, local parish council. Quite a tight squeeze. <laughs> it is, and it is a small space, as you can see, and it is quite near the road. Last year, Remembrance Sunday fell on the 11th. The service was held just a little way away in a field, which is next to the village hall, where there is a memorial bench there now to the First World War. And the parish council feel, for you know, good reasons for health and safety, this is a busy road here, that those services are now going to take place there. It will this year on November the 11th, it will be over there. However, because the parish council are very proud of this monument, they will be laying a wreath here every year afterwards. And we, of course there's a wreath here still today from last year. But it is, of, of all the, the many local history projects I've been involved in, this, I'm so proud of this because it, it's, it is a wonderful story that's come from just a tiny little newspaper report and what we found, or what's come to light, is, is I think truly amazing. And it remembers these four young men who, uh, who lost their lives here. And, and it's really good that there is this focal point now because mm. even if people haven't found your website, noticed the story, read it, taken it yes. in... Even if you're just walking past, you see it and it might make people start to question and wonder what the story is. That's right. So bringing things up to date, I'm very much involved in local history. That's part of the work I do. But also I'm involved in a a news website called the the Guildford Dragon News. And there are actually there are several stories on there about Lily Bell 2 and the crash. Um, Again, uh, from Frank Phillipson's research and, and his writing it up. And you can go onto that website, um, Google Guildford Dragon News, or it's www.guildford-dragon.com, and then search under Lily Bell 2. And uh, there are one main story that tells the whole tale of this and what's happened, as well as a couple of other updates as well on there that we've had. Because it, it's an evolving story, and I do believe little bits of information will, will continue to, to come out as the years go by. And indeed, if anyone has any of that information, con- contact you? Absolutely, yes. We're always listening to that. You can do that uh, through the Guildford Dragon News. Our email address is on there, or you can email me at drosedragon at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the Wings Museum podcast. For more information or to get in touch, visit www.wingsmuseum.co.uk